So. <laughs> Alright, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay. Worst hero in the game, says Sonifero. You know, this is actually something that I... You, you can take this first, because, because I, I don't actually have exact, like, worst hero in the game, but this is a video that I wanted to make, so I, I was thinking last night, like, I actually want to look at the hero list and, and figure out what the worst is, because I, I, like, I feel like there are some heroes that you could argue are the worst just based on, like, what you see picked in the high-rated games, mm -hmm. but, like, some of them are really good in other particular roles, or some of them are really good, but only, like, certain niche players are, are picking them, like, Disruptor, for example, I could see a lot of people arguing that Disruptor's one of the shittier heroes in Dota, but I actually see, uh, if you look at Sam H, Sam H has been playing it as, I believe, an offlaner, and he just goes, like, Shadowblade Aghanim Scepter as, as Disruptor, be, be, because, like, if you look at the scaling on his Q, it does, like, 480 damage or something at level 4, it's actually very, very good, okay. so it's like, sure, you could argue Disruptor's shit, because if you play it as a support, it might be very weak, but in a different role, you never know. It's like I feel like a lot of things in Dota actually have, um, like a, a some sort of niche. However, with that being said, I'm actually going to be looking at the list here, and if you want to say what you think the worst heroes are, I'm, yeah. I'm going to look and, and pick. Yeah. Okay. So personally, I feel like, um, it's got to be a hero that, I mean, it's never being picked in competitive, and it's basically never being picked in pubs either. And when it is picked in pubs, it feels like a pretty much free win. So to me, I and I would also say it has to be a hero that just seems like basically like completely useless or every other hero in the game can do its job better than it. So to me, I think the, wor the two worst heroes in my estimation are Lifestealer. I think Lifestealer is... I, th I honestly think Lifestealer might be the worst hero in the entire game right now. Um, I was also going to say pretty, that, that Clink's, pretty awful. Clinks is pretty awful. I know that yeah. I, I know that he's like situationally like we've seen him win. I saw him win in a pro game, but it was not pretty, and it was not because Clinks was in the game. Um, that's actually that's actually one of the heroes that when I was thinking last night of putting it in the list, I remember seeing on Dota buff Clinks is in like the top ten win rate in a mortal bracket. That's crazy. Like he's he's actually okay, but that's I think people so are crazy to me. I think people are just ignoring the ultimate, and with like the buffs that came after yeah, that the shitty sense. ultimate got added, he's actually pretty decent. But just like old clinks, yeah, uh, it's just the win rate's not bad enough for me to like justify. Okay. It. It's the worst. It's the worst. I, I had the same thoughts, dude. Let me tell you, I, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> arguing with. I'm not arguing with you because I think clinks is good. It's just, I saw the win rate. It's like, are you serious? Yeah, I just, I just feel like he's just so easy to counter. And he just doesn't really provide a whole lot to your team other than just like a That's definitely true. That is definitely true. But, you know, people play it like as an offlaner, maybe as like a... F yeah, I have. I, have I actually won a game yesterday with Klinks as an offlaner. And it was just kind of one of those things where like he had a tanky frontliner and he was able to just kind of like pot shot people. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I would just say Lifestealer. I think Lifestealer is the worst hero in the game. Right okay, I, I have some heroes. I have some heroes. And a few of these are, the, are some that I, that I thought about when I was trying to go to sleep and i fucking couldn't but in any case uh i think clockwork is bad i think that his spells have just been nerfed to the point where it's very hard to play him as a support because they all cost so much mana and do so little in the early levels compared to what they did before like the hero has just been over nerfed and then also i think that he is not in a good place to to 
be an offlaner either because a lot of the offlaners are like some of the strongest heroes in Dota right now. And uh, honestly, to be an offlaner, you need to do a lot right now. Like, Master as a hero, like this hero does a shitload. Axe can completely shred any carry in the game with a blade mail. Like, these offlaners do a ridiculous amount of stuff. And uh, I mean, Clockwork just doesn't. Like, that would be the role for him, in my opinion, because he needs the levels now, but he doesn't do anything and he needs the farm. Uh, Lifestealer, like you said, is very bad, but we don't need to go into that. And then Storm Spirit. I think Storm Spirit is in a, a very rough place right now, mainly because you play that hero once, expecting it to be like the old Storm Spirit, and you will immediately get why the hero is dog shit. And it's the fact that it's so hard to regenerate mana at the at the rate that you used to with all of the items that you can get standing in fountain shrines bottle like you do not regen enough mana to actually make that hero as uh mobile as he as he was before he used to be able to zip from fountain clear a wave zip from fountain again instantly after that but it takes like 10 seconds now to refill your entire mana pool in the fountain and even then like outside of the fountain yep. you have barely any mana to work with because it is all just base mana amounts, you know, and, and like, like, or, or sorry, base regen amounts. Like you, you don't get that percentage scaling regen like you did before that gave him a, a huge, um, I shouldn't say huge mana pool because that's actually not great for Storm, but a huge uh, mana regen to work with. You know, you, you just, the math is just shit on this hero now and they need to make quite a few changes, I think, uh, to fix it. And then I have one more hero, one more hero. Um, Necrophos. I think I think yeah. Necrophos, Necrophos is, is terrible. I think Necrophos is countered by a lot of heroes that are in Dota right now, and I think even if he's not countered, he needs so many levels to do what he did before at like level five. You need to be like level ten to 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 do that, uh, and that's like <laughs> that's it's not okay to need double the levels yeah. to do the same stuff that you did before. Uh, and then and then given that, like to do the same st stuff that you did before, it's like if. if you can have the same regen at level five, but then you don't have Ghost Shroud. <laughs> and like Ghost Shroud was the main reason right. that people would pick him. It's just like the nerfs hit him way, way too hard. And other than that, every other hero that I looked at, I think has like some sort of niche. Like I thought maybe Abaddon, but Abaddon is a, like, he got the rework. His movement speed is very high now. Uh, Miss Coil costs very little mana now on all levels. So like there is for sure room for Abaddon to grow in the meta, even without getting buffed. Uh, just because I think people haven't really experimented with him enough yet, but like something like Necro, it's like yeah, no amount of experimentation is fixing that piece of trash hero. Yes, they literally just made. I mean, they just made him impossible to skill, right? Yeah, like basically. he really like, is just almost impossible to skill correctly until you're level ten, right? Um, yeah, as, regarding Abaddon, I uh, or Abaddon, as he says, um. I played him as a hard five the other day, and it actually worked really, really well. I just maxed Miss Coil and Shield, and like uh, I was against the Silencer, and so I was able to just take off dots constantly. It was super useful. I, I think I yeah, went like it's... Aether Lens, like I went like Aether Lens Blink and stuff like that, and just played him as like a, a pure save hero, and it was it was quite good. I feel like you could also go you could go five Abaddon and build into like Vlad's and just small items like super utility items. Yeah. And then have more of like a nature's profit as an offlaner that doesn't build into to those sorts of utility items. Like I, I think it should be it would be fine because like Beastmaster, for example, is being played quite a bit as a five, and of course that that makes a lot of sense because it's like you get this, you basically get free wards with the hawk. So like there are a lot, and we've seen Brewmaster five, Axe five because of you know the whole envy and puppy 
thing a couple months ago where they were picking that. Like lots of non-traditional fives are being picked as five. So I think Abaddon will work perfectly fine as a five. Uh, maybe there's better heroes, but it's like it's not going to be bad. Whereas like if you pick a Necro five, you basically have like a twenty percent chance to win the game. <laughs> <laughs> like it's uh, it's 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 quite rough. Yeah. All Somebody right. says Next Jenkins. Question. What is your rank? This is Jorge, by the way. Jorge Garcia that said, what is my rank? My rank is around 300 right now, it's, uh, which, it, which is actually quite high for me, given the past uh, couple of months. I've been, I've been kind of sitting around like 300 to 500, uh, going up and down. And um, I started increasing my rank a lot more by being very specific with like, the heroes that I was picking. Uh, in fact, I watched uh, Heen's video. And Heen was just showing how, like, you know, mind control spamming two or three heroes. And then I looked at my hero list, and it's just a complete rainbow of heroes. And it's like, geez, no wonder I'm stagnating. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's there's no way to be good at at all of these at all of these heroes and multiple roles too. So I just, uh, you know, Heen's video. I'm sure it inspired a lot of people to to do that. As I'm sure our videos when we go on rants or something or have an epiphany. I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I'm doing that as well. But um, yeah. For this time for me, it was it was it was Heen's video rather than like a, a self epiphany that I had. I mean, I've had that epiphany before where I need to do that, but um, sometimes there's just things that you that you see that like put you back on on track. So my MMR is 300, and I think I would keep going up. But uh, your, your MMR is 300. Your rank is 300. <laughs> did I say did I say MMR? Yeah. You're not late, Hudson. We're 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 we just started, man. We just started. Jenkins is a charlatan. He says he's an immortal player, but he's only rank. He's only 300 MMR. He's down in the deepest, <laughs> deepest, darkest trench in the entire world. God damn, dude. I I know <laughs> I I know some people that are that are 300, 500 MMR. And let me tell you, you know them too. It's just <laughs> nobody knows. <laughs> 300 or 500 MMR, but I'm not going to spill the beans, <laughs> but, but there's, there's, they're out there, man. These people, let me tell you, Oh yeah, they have influence. All right. If I have six hours a day to improve, how would you use that time? Spamming pubs. I always listen to content while I work since I'm a librarian and have lots of alone time. Dude, that is amazing. That's such a cool job. How do I That's get a so librarian cool. job? I That's want to be so alone cool. all the time. If you have okay. six hours a day, um, I would just be very diligent about, kind of like how you approach the game. I mean, six hours a day, let's be honest, six hours a day is a lot of time. That's most, quite a lot of time. Most people I don't, don't even, have six hours a day. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, uh, it, a lot of the time I don't even pub for six hours a day. Like, yeah. I'll, 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 when, when I'm being good, when I'm not being like ridiculous and having downward spirals and depression, et cetera, et cetera, I will, uh, I'll be playing like, I don't know. Ellie, how many games would I be playing? Like four games a day, do you think, when I'm like winning a lot? Be because, because it's like, you you want to play you want to play games with like your optimal mindset and realistically depending maybe you're like a superhuman but I'm certainly not uh, if you if you want to play games with like an optimal mindset and you're like me it's like I can do that for you know sometimes just one game a day because something might really bother me in a game where it's like if I keep playing after this I'm not playing my optimal Dota it's maybe ninety percent but still like in an ideal world you want to be giving hundred percent every time so I would say like. Six hours a day is is um, perfect, perfectly fine, as long as you're making sure that, like, you know, in those like two to three games that you're playing, you're putting a hundred percent in, and then the moment you're not putting a hundred percent in, uh, you stop. And what I would spend the rest of the time doing, if you're looking to uh, improve at Dota, is like 
number one, if, if your mindset really has become a problem in terms of you are upset from those games and the next couple of days, maybe you're going to be upset and not feel like playing Dota, something to reset that to make you actually feel motivated to play Dota. And I know this sounds ridiculous, but you can look at clips from like previous TIs, TI winners, Epic plays, like the Navi, you know, Pudge Cup comeback stuff. Like that stuff can really get you motivated to play if you're looking to like to do that or maybe you just take a break from dota and do something that helps you reset in that way it really just depends on on who you are and what you're lacking in terms of putting 100 percent in uh and then also of course you can uh you can look at like current pro replays that are happening uh watching streamers is really good in my opinion because that gives you like an idea of like what the what the best player what the best players are doing like you can basically get better at dota and should get better at dota by doing a lot of stuff that's not just playing dota like just watching and consuming dota content is is enough it just depends on what you feel like you're lacking if you feel like you're lacking mechanical skill on a certain hero watch a professional player play it see what they do watch a streamer play it see what they say about why they're doing things that can give you an, an answer as to why they do stuff uh, and if you feel like you're lacking motivation to play you can either take a break until you feel like playing dota or you can motivate yourself by watching like ti clips and stuff like that uh, it, it, it really just depends on like what you feel like you're lacking for those two to three extra hours in the day. Anyway, that's kind of a long convoluted result of that. There it is. Yeah, I mean, like I said, six hours a day is quite a bit of time. I would just try your absolute hardest um, to focus 100% on the games that you do play. And then if you have some free time, then spend it making yourself feel happy and motivated about Dota, like Jenkins said. Um, that's about it. Yep, I kind of nailed 50 nails into that coffin. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Do we think they will nerf offlaners, and will they get nerfed by nerfing individual heroes, or nerfing Vlads and aura items, or the way that they want to play the game? That's a, that's a good, that's a really good question. I mean, it's hard to know, like, what the frog is going to do, but it, it, it really does feel like the, the offlane role right now is, is very simple, and, uh, Easy to easy to execute and very very strong. Like I I do really feel like you could go for a lion offlane and build the same items, and it would still be effective. Uh, I I I I do think actually like it, it is the items and the role that needs to be nerfed, J just because like it's kind of like uh you know the the five role support uh issue of like buying fifty centuries in a game and having no items. That is kind of not fun gameplay. It's kind of bullshit gameplay. It's gotten to the point where it's bullshit. At the start, I was like, okay, it's cool that this is the optimal way of doing things because clearly people are doing it competitive and it's working at the highest possible level. So it's one of the more optimal strats to just have no items. But it's the same thing every time now. And no matter what the five roll hero is, if it's a Pudge 5, they do that. If it's a Venomancer, if it's a Beastmaster 5, they do that. It doesn't matter what hero you are. If you're the five roll, you do that because it just turns out that mathematically, given the structure of Dota, that is the most optimal thing to do. Same thing with the offlane and Vlad's and all of these aura items. No matter what you pick in the offlane, you're going to want somebody on your team doing that build. And uh, I think I think for the most part, like the reason that the patches exist in Dota is to keep things fresh. And uh, that that is something that can get stale very quickly if there's if there's uh, you know things like that in the game where it's just the same thing every time, no matter the hero. And uh, for, for that reason, I think the Ice Frog is going to change some some very uh, integral mechanic of the game to change how 5-roll works, like maybe change sentries completely. For the offlane, same thing. Change how, how, how auras work so the offlane is not that every time. Because otherwise, you're just going to end up, the heroes will be knocked out of the meta, and then new heroes will come in that just do that exact same thing because it's optimal, given the math of Dota. So I think, I think he will nerf the, the roles as opposed to the heroes. Um, 
I also think that something needs to be changed with the mid lane, maybe, perhaps. Uh, just because it right now, like, back in the day, it used to be, you know, your carry was, like, this sort of, like, you had to protect it. It was your insurance policy. The off lane was, like, just trying to survive and not feed the opponent carry. And then the mid laner tended to be, like, the tempo controller that would rotate to the various lanes and, like, make things happen. And the supports were just kind of, like, there to facilitate um, all the other things happening. But now it really kind of feels like 4-roll has fully taken over tempo control as far as, like, like mid laner just... They don't have to do anything, really. Uh, it's like it's the, true. the four does the mid laner's role of tempo control, the carry does the carrying, and the off laner does sort of like also the tempo control, right? Because you generally go for sort of just like, you're just like pushing towers with the off laner with these aura items. And like the mid laner is just kind of like, doesn't really feel like they have that much of a purpose other than just like, it's like, a, it's, like it's like another carry kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of feel like the mid lane has lost a little bit of its identity, and that should probably be changed to some extent. I, I think so too. I, I think I think it's it's gone to the point where we could we could definitely see some uh, some changes in in what roles do what. You know, like we saw an era of dual laning mid. We, we've seen eras of like tri lane v tri lane. I think the big issue is just that the the side lanes have stayed the same forever and uh, i i do think that the mid lane would be fixed by changing how the side lanes work yeah potentially. just as like a as like a domino effect sort of thing but it's it's hard to say because it is really dictated by just like what the good teams do but yeah you're right it seems like every time there's very rarely like a queen of pain or a hero that controls the the tempo in the mid lane i guess there's like kunka now kunka's getting picked a decent amount but even then it's like usually mostly the the off lane that's uh it's like the mid lane has a role when it comes to like fighting in the mid game, but not really in the lane, not really in the laning stage at all. Mid lane basically just provides damage to team fights. Like that's pretty much the only purpose of the mid lane is kind of what it feels like. Unless you're running like a Medusa mid lane, which yeah, is, yeah. is in the mid. But uh, right. think about it, like I mean, even like Pugna, SF, like all these heroes, they're just like magic burst in the mid game, and then it's all on the carry to actually finish the game. It's all like Mid's always a snooze fest too. It's like two yeah. heroes farming that don't do anything to each other. Like Dragon Knight Medusa or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um. Maybe moving the towers further. That apart, was that was another thing that I was gonna say is that the towers are just too close. You you can't do anything in the mid lane. There's no point in ever ganking the mid lane because you just can't kill them because they're underneath the tower all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You need you need some. Uh, some pretty specific heroes to gank the mid lane, like a Pudge Hook across or yeah. Tusk Ice Shards, which are pretty terrible now in the early levels, and block the mid ramp. Or even these things are still like it's still so risky because if you like fissure off the mid lane, it's like aha, you can't run to your tower, which is very close. They just run up the river. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that are, are fine. It's like aha, I made you walk twenty feet. Your right. bet your feet bet your feet hurt from that. Yeah. All right. See ya. I'm gonna go to the sidelines where things are happening. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's it's about that time. Not not that I'm complaining. It's nice to see a, a meta where you know the mid lane is not the the core focus of Dota because it's been the focus for a long time. But it, it's about that time for a change. I think. Yeah. With the recent changes of Rubik, do you think that he makes an effective mid that can truly fill a second position role, or is mid Rubik still a meme? I, think, I I still think it's pretty good. I think it I think it depends on the specific player, but the way that I see him carrying games is um, through ba basically the the fact that he has better spells than the spells that he's stealing because of the the aura that he has. So like 
if you if you pick him as a mid laner, you're kind of like you're not really gonna necessarily carry because of damage, uh, like we talked about with most mid laners. It, you're more so gonna carry because you have this like crazy disable spell stealing guy. It's like a pseudo utility mid laner, which sounds kind of awful, but it's just that he has so much utility as a mid laner that it's I I, I think that it's it's worth it if you have somebody who's good at Rubik, like if they can steal you know a puck coil with Aghanim Scepter. And steal like this or that, and then you you have like the increased duration because of that aura. I think I think he can effectively carry by that. But then you need damage in the other roles is the is the only um, the only concern, which is fine because I, I think like I think like most time most of the time like your carry does literally all the damage that is necessary. Period. Slark, Terrorblade. Like, do you need anybody to do damage if you have these heroes on your team? I don't think so. You just need to hold people in place for them. But Rubik also yeah, does exactly. quite a bit of damage with his aura as well. So, um, I mean, I think he, I think he fills that role of like kind of, kind of just being like a do nothing hero <laughs> that does yeah. control and damage in the mid game, which is like what mid lane sort of is the role right now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so William William Went says uh, I've seen a lot of your offline games. I'm assuming you mean me because I'm an offliner and uh, you. Stay in the offlane, uh, even after taking the tier one. I was under the impression that offlaners should really pressure in the dead lane. How do you decide which? I'm assuming you're saying like which which lane to to, to go to. Um, so basically, for me, it's like uh, it's a lot based off of feeling, and I know that's anecdotal and really stupid to say, but uh, that's kind of Dota for you. There's so much to it, like you just do stuff based off of feeling, and a lot of the time, as a result of that, like you get it wrong uh, because, of course, like. If I got it right all the time, I'd just be the best offlaner in the world. But in any case, like uh, sometimes I go to the safe lane to relieve that area if I think that I can defend the tier one for a very long time and make the enemy's life a huge pain in the ass. Uh, however, like sometimes I'm the only hero that can be applying pressure on their side, and I need to be that like beacon, that like rock for my team to group around. And that's when I'll stay in the uh, in in the offlane when I know that that is. I'm the only one that can fulfill that job, especially if there's like a support that can go take the safe lane or if the safe lane tower is already going to fall or if there's no point going up there because they'll just kill me and get it, then, then, I don't, then I don't do it or down there depending on what, what side you're on. But in any case, I basically try to go to, go to the place on the map that is the biggest pain in the ass for, for the enemy team. It depends whether or not uh, I'm in like a farming state or like a pushing state. Sometimes I feel strong enough that if I just run at the mid tower, we can get that tower, and sometimes I'll do that as well. Uh, it just really, it really depends. But a lot of the time, the laning phase ends, and you do this like you know two to three minutes of farming, and that's when I'll decide between like the dead lane or staying in the off lane, depending on what is is what I think is going to give us the most in the game. And sometimes I get it wrong. Sometimes I'll go to the safe lane and play in the dead lane, and then I'll die, and then the tower will die anyway, and then I'll feed, and then I go to the off lane. But I've given the carry so much space that they're huge now, and then the game is fucking over. Like you get it wrong, but it's basically I try to go like where the biggest pain in the ass is for the enemy team. Um, and, and like, if there's a job that's not being done, but I can do it, I'll do it basically. That's uh that, that, that's my answer. I know it's, I know it's convoluted and there's, there's a lot to it, but that is, that is cause Dota's a, a, a pretty, pretty hard game, pretty complicated game. Basically, okay. We're out of questions. Yeah. Basically what you're just saying is that you try to make the other team's game as miserable as possible as an offlaner. Yeah, I think I think in general as an offlaner, that's like uh that that's like a one of the best things you can focus on. Uh since uh to to give a specific example, 
since like the era of picking Sand King and going for like the double bracers, basically ever since 7.20, most offlaners will just play in the most pain in the ass way alone. It, they'll they'll usually put themselves in a very dangerous position, no matter where they are on the map. If it's the dead lane, if it's there, if it's it's if they stay in the off lane, they'll put themselves in a really dangerous position, make themselves really 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 tanky. Uh, but it, it has kind of shifted away from that a little bit, just because the whole Vlad's build. And if you pick up a Vlad's, a lot of the time you can run to towers. But that's what I'm saying about like the farming versus pushing aspect. Like. It depends on what state the game is in. Sometimes you're strong enough that you can go into the pushing state and then you get wiped and then you go to the farming state. Sometimes the farming state is just something that has to happen right after the laning stage. Uh, sometimes you farm for a minute and then you can push because you're strong. You pick up a Vlad's or pick up something that makes you really strong. It just it, 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 it really depends. But in general, the offlaner is just looking to like put himself in or herself in harm's way and just get yourself killed and be obnoxious and, and try to... And, and if you do that, you'll die a lot, but you'll you'll win a lot of games. And uh, once again, this goes back to the whole issue of this is how this is the optimal way to play this role, and everybody has figured that out. And the same thing with it, it's the optimal way to play supports to just buy out sentries and sentry everywhere and make sure nobody can ever get wards down, and that's how you get map control. And it's boring, and it's the same thing every time, but it's extremely game winning. That's the problem. Since the mid lane is ever-changing, I've tried to develop a big hero pool about nine. Is this a bad idea? Uh, I would say it uh, kind of depends on how you f how you frame that question. Okay, so having nine plus heroes that you can play over, like, you know, a year's time is, is good. But at any given time, you probably want to just be focusing on, like, maybe three to five that you're really, really grinding hard, maybe even less than five. And... Going back to the the video that Jenkins uh, referenced earlier, which is Heen's video about like how these pro players are gaining lots. For of the more. record, we, for the record, we talk about it in our videos too. Yeah, just say, yeah. just say. But um, what I was gonna say is in that video that Heen's talking about, he he talks about how when you spam a hero for like fifteen or twenty straight games. It kind of just becomes like ingrained as a hero that you can pull out whenever you need to without having to practice it a lot again because you've kind of like really figured out the mechanics and the the turn rate and the attack animation stuff like that. Like for me, I mean, I've played an ungodly amount of games of Bloodseeker and I haven't been playing it a lot recently because I'm not quite sure if I enjoy how the hero feels right now because it just like feels really weird to play, but. Sometimes I'll see a game where I'm like, oh, this is a really good Bloodseeker game. I guess I could play it, even though I don't really enjoy playing the hero so much right now. And having not played it in a couple of months, I'll pick it and be like, oh, yeah, I know exactly how this hero plays. I know exactly, like, my timings. I know exactly how to, like, play the laning stage and all this stuff. And so, you know, being good at nine heroes is good because you will at some point probably want to pull those heroes out, whether it's for a situational pick or the meta shifts and one of them becomes good again, some of the others become bad. But at any given time, if you're really trying to gain MMR and really grind Dota, you should probably just be really focusing on three to five. I would say Heen made a really good point in that video where it's like, you can understand Bloodseeker, but you won't necessarily understand how Bloodseeker is going to function within a particular meta without playing it a lot. So that's why in a particular meta, you can be good at 9 to 20 heroes or whatever, but you should stick to 3 or 4 because you will know all of the individual little nuances within that specific meta. 
any more than that and you're basically trying to do something that not even like tier one competitive players do which if you can do that you know that's great but i think it's very unlikely that most dota players can do that because even like the best of the best understand that if they if they want to win consistently they need to be they need to be playing like three to four uh three to four heroes i think the argument the argument is is good that it's basically like yeah you need to understand how these heroes work within the particular meta and uh within within the amount of time it would take you to play 20 games on nine heroes the meta has changed so you won't understand it's like so that's why like four or five heroes is probably the cap because it's just the amount of time before the meta shifts and then you need to play all the heroes again but you're still not done your list so what do you do it's right. just it, the list will naturally restrict itself to to five uh to, to like four or five heroes anyway it just kind of uh, depends like do you want to be like okay to like mediocre to good at nine heroes or do you want to be really good at like four all right guys so i think we're gonna wrap it up there thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for your questions and we'll be posting this uh full episode on the patreon on the patreon for you guys yep. to rewatch if you want and, and we're we're doing we're doing a stream on thursday for we're going to be doing some some party queue maybe some dual lane stuff but uh Every Thursday we're streaming. Every other Thursday we're doing a replay analysis for the Patreon boys. Right? Am I right about that, Donnie? I'm right, right? Yes. But this Thursday right. we'll be doing uh, some dual queue stuff. Yeah, right? then the next one will be the replay analysis, but for, for the Patreon boys. Yep. All right, guys. Take care.